I went through postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and I felt like I had lost control of basically like my life, you know, my relationship with my husband, everything. I feel helpless in a way and I feel confused and I feel like what the heck is happening? I'm Cynthia Overgaard, owner of Hypnobirthing of Connecticut, childbirth advocate, and postpartum support specialist. And I'm Trisha Ludwig, certified nurse midwife and international board-certified lactation consultant. And this is the Down to Birth podcast. Childbirth is something we're made to do, but how do we have our safest and most satisfying experience in today's medical culture? Let's dispel the myths and get down to birth. You may remember professional dancer and choreographer Claude Racine Valinsky from episode number 28. Claude came back on the show today to talk about her postpartum experience, the battle she's having with a body she's always counted on, the resentment she feels toward the husband she adores, and the knowledge that her son's physical and emotional wellness has not merely integrated into her life, but has taken center stage. Through her forthright language and tears, what emerges in this episode is a woman taking an honest look at her marriage, motherhood, and even her own childhood, with a wisdom and compassion that she didn't see coming. Claude Racine Valinsky, we're really excited to have you back on the podcast. Yay, hi. The, hi. The last time we saw you, you were a mom of four-month-old Nova, mm-hmm. and we made a promise to each other that we would reconnect at the end of the year so that you can look back on your first year of motherhood and tell us what perspectives you've gained. So how old is he now? He is now almost 11 months old. All right. So definitely a lot of additional perspective than you had when he was four months, right? Oh, yeah. So what we want to do in this episode is have you talk to us about, uh, like, what would you say are the top two key areas of your life that, that brought changes you didn't necessarily expect before you became a mother? Um, So the top two changes, I would say, are definitely my health like what happened physically and physiologically to my body and um, also my relationship with my husband. All right. Which one of those would you like to talk about first? Oof. Let's talk about the body first. (laughs) (laughs) Because the other one is endless, isn't it? (laughs) It's endless and it's like feel a little like rougher on the, on the soul. It is. I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. What, what did you learn? What, um, so I honestly, in my head envisioned, okay, I'm going to give birth to Nova. And because I've been so physically active my whole life, I've been a dancer. Um, I'll get, I'll be able to snap right back into shape. And not only was that false, there's other things that happened with my health that I never imagined would ever be an issue. I've always been very healthy. I've never smoked, never done drugs. I've, you know, I've always been just very healthy. And once I started really trying to lose weight, it was very hard. I mean, I was busting my butt trying to lose weight and the scale was just staying even. Sometimes I was even gaining weight and I was on ultimate portion fix from Beachbody. I was doing nine week control freak. Like I was following it perfectly. And so I got really kind of like defeated and I was shocked. I'm like, what is happening? So I decided to do another nine weeks of nine week control freak and the scale did not move. So then I thought, okay, let me go 
find out what's happening. Went to the doctor and he diagnosed me with Hashimoto's disease, put me on a thyroid hormone, which made me feel worse. So I couldn't sleep, you guys. Like I am, a, I sleep like a bear. And I understand when you have a newborn, like that's out of the game. But I, I, I thought, okay, when Nova's able to sleep, I'll be able to sleep. But 3 a.m. every morning, I'm like, up, oh, and they can't go back to sleep. Um, my joints were hurting really bad. I was losing my hair. I was feeling like sad randomly throughout the day or I would wake up feeling sad and like feel like the life is ending as I know it. And then there's the weight loss problem. So I was expecting when I got that thyroid hormone for all that to, to start changing and feel better. But actually my joints started feeling worse. Everything got worse. So I got this book called Thyroid Healing and he explains that there's actually a virus called Epstein-Barr virus that is attacking the body as opposed to your body attacking itself, which can make you re feel really shitty. Like, why is my body attacking itself? Are you talking Anthony Williams? Yeah. Anthony Williams' book? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And a friend had recommended that to me. And of course, like, I'm just kind of like, what? I've never had any issues with my body. Like, this is really frustrating. And I'm still till this day, like, trying to accept it and i'm 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 just kind of pissed i'm like wait but why why as 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 if pregnancy wasn't hard enough and birth and and raising a baby and now you're telling me that my body is like fighting itself and um <clears throat> so so i'm literally in the process right now of figuring out okay well what is the best way to heal what is happening to my body and anthony william he suggests you know obviously through diet and food so i've eliminated gluten and i've eliminated uh, all dairy all the things that i love and <laughs> was not ready to part with you know 39 years later so I do feel better, but I still feel like um, I'm transitioning. So I'm still eliminating whatever toxins were there for so long. Um, and I'm actually seeing another doctor today. Um, he's like an Eastern medicine guy to see what his opinion is, because apparently most doctors don't know about the ABV virus or like it can't, it doesn't come up in your blood work. So they don't spot it. They just go, oh, you have all these antibodies. You have Hashimoto's, your body, you have autoimmune, take this thyroid. And apparently, according to Anthony Williams, that's not the case. He says the body is never fighting itself. Right. It's always protecting you from something. So for you, it's like this emotional journey of always feeling like the one thing you had <laughs> down in your life was your body. You just felt like I've got this great body. It works for me. You're a professional dancer and choreographer. And suddenly you feel like you're hearing these mixed messages. One doctor is saying it's attacking itself. And Anthony William comes along and says, you just have all this stuff you need to eliminate. And it involves completely changing the diet. How do you feel emotionally with all this? Like what's going on? I know what Ugh. that's like. I mean, like? I'm, uh, it's like hard to say, but like, I'm actually pretty devastated about it. The one thing I had control of my whole life was my body. Um, and then I've always been like in control of my life. Like I followed my dreams. I became a professional dancer. Like everything always went like well for me because I worked hard for it. And so after having Nova, it was like I went through 
postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. And I felt like I had lost control of basically like my life, you know, my relationship with my husband, everything. It was like, I was, that was controlling me. And then I thought, okay, at least I'll still be able to like work out, have control over my body. And then I lost that. And now, and now it feels like no matter how much control I do put in, it is still controlling me. So I feel um, helpless in a way and I feel confused and I feel like what the heck is happening. And it, and then the hardest part too is like no one around you understands. And it's not like you're looking for sympathy, but you just want people to like, I don't know, just see me, I guess. It, you know, people are like, well, just maybe think positive or, you know, it's your mindset and this and that. And you're just like, you know, I used to think like that and that used to work. And now all of a sudden it's not working. Not so easy. No. Um, so there's that part too. It, you kind of feel, I feel a little isolated and alone. And, you know, it's a huge, the biggest shift, the biggest change in my life I have ever had to deal with. And it was something you had certainty over and suddenly you have uncertainty around it. Yeah. So, so much of it. We have no idea. We just have no idea entering motherhood, what kind of changes in our life are, how they're going to feel, what they're going to be. It is such a turning the cart over <laughs> experience. Like everything is yeah. dumped out and you got to pick up the pieces and put it all back together so differently. Yeah, um, and, and not in a way that we expect. And often, often it's the opposite of what we anticipate. Yeah, and I think that's the hardest part is envisioning like what how something is going to turn out. And and I'm always such a, uh, I've been an advocate of, okay, have a plan, but just go with the flow. Because usually the plan doesn't work out the, exactly how you've planned it. But, you know, my mom is very thin. She's been thin her whole life. She had my brother and I, so motherhood was very easy for her. I never heard her complain about it. She got her body back like that. And my friends who are dancers, same thing, you know, I'm scrolling on Instagram and these girls are like, they just never had children. And I, in my head, I was like, Oh, that'll be me. Noah was like, Claude, you're going to be fine. You know, all my friends, Oh, Claude, you'll bounce right back. And so now that I'm not, it's like, I don't, I don't even know if it's embarrassing, but I, I was in the beginning embarrassed about being around people because I was at my heaviest and I didn't want anyone seeing me like that. Um, but yeah, so I just, I had such a different reality in my, in my mind about how all this was going to turn out. And then I, you know, you question like, well, is what lesson am I supposed to learn from this? Or, you know, how did I manifest this outcome? What have you come up with so far? Uh, to to answer that the question if you yeah if you could answer if you could guess what you would say in five years if you could see yourself in five years looking back and saying I didn't know it at the time but that was the biggest blessing in disguise of my life mm. then what would be the explanation for it I think this is like the ultimate let go and stop trying to control and accept. And I'm still working on it. So it's hard. I'm squinting as I say that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but um, I think it's the my friend told me she's like you need to just accept it, let go of trying to control it, and and so I think that in five years I'll go man, if I would have just let go a little and not been so hard on myself and accepted where I was at, I would have healed probably a lot faster. I mean, isn't that the the challenge in life whenever anything changes is you know we are all resistant to change we all like to keep on our set path that's comfortable and familiar but being quite a few years down the road in parenting from where you are taking that advice that you just giving taking that advice that you just stated is the sooner you can accept (laughs) that and practice that the the better and easier things will be because it doesn't change. As our kids grow up, it's all its all the same. It's still having to accept all these things about who you thought your child was going to be, who you thought your daughter was going to be, who you thought your son was going to be, and they're different from that and you don't understand it or they, whatever it is, it's just, it is so much when the transition to motherhood and parenthood is this total process of surrendering to this new way, into these new beings, these new people, and whatever they bring into your life. Yes. And I think like as far as Nova goes, I mean, I resisted him for a very long time. (laughs) I was like, my mom kept saying like, you need to just accept that he's here. And like, even still now, like every day it gets easier and I accept him more and more and I feel more and more like his mom. Whereas before I didn't feel like that, you know, I just felt like, okay, well, this thing is here and I just have to keep it alive and keep it happy and make sure he grows up to be like sane. But now I finally see Nova. I'm finally feeling that bond and that connection with him. Whereas for the first like six, seven, even eight months, you know, he, he was here and I love him and he's cute, but I, it's so hard to explain, but I finally have accepted him in my life and like someone that I get to hang out with and connect with and a new person that's with me every day. I think it takes time for a lot of mothers to step in to feeling like the role is authentic that yeah. at first it feels like we're just sort of role playing. It's like, oh, yeah. here's this baby. Like I'm, you know, playing house like I did when I was a kid. And then after a while, slowly but surely, you know, you, you ease into the genuine feeling of being a mom. Yeah. And I never really thought about being a mom. I never wanted to be a mom. It was never like, a thing in my head. So when I became a mom and, and we planned Nova, I, I didn't want to be a mom until I met Noah. And then he made, he was like, he changed something in me. And I thought, Ooh, having a kid with you would, is something I would want to do. Nova was definitely wanted. I had the hardest time being like, I'm Claude, a mom. I'm a mom. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it just didn't, it didn't connect. But now I see that like being a mom doesn't mean I have to be a mom like what I always envisioned a mom was. I'm I'm learning every day what that can mean for me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how becoming a mom has changed your relationship 
you guys have, you and your partner have come from a place of being very connected through just the way you fell in love, as well as the fact that you work and create together. Mm -hmm. So tell us what it's like. Well, it was definitely a shock. I would say like the fourth day after Nova was born, I, um, I was like, man, we're never going to get to cuddle again. We're never going to get to sit on the couch and just watch TV together again. Okay. So those were my fears then. And then as it progressed and Nova goes to bed every night at 7.30, we get like three hours together. We eat dinner together. We watch TV together. Um, then the issue became, well, he, he gets to kind of go do whatever he wants. Like we used to do jujitsu together. So now he still does jujitsu, but I ne can't necessarily go. I have to stay with Nova. And the thing with me is, the things that I enjoyed doing before Noah was born were things I got to do with Noah, right. my husband. So he's always like, go do this, like find something that you can. And I'm like, well, I'm like a homebody. I've been a homebody my whole life. The things that I enjoyed doing were with you and you still get to go ride your bike, your motorcycle. I don't know how to, I've taken a class, but I'm not going out in LA riding a motorcycle by myself. I like going with you and now I can't. And, um, you know, that part is a little bit hard for me because I feel like my freedom in that area has been taken away, but also, you know, dealing with postpartum and dealing with all this stuff, like it's hard to feel for me, feel sad and like down and defeated and be around other people because you don't want to put that on them. But at the same time, you want to be honest with how you feel. And I think it's, definitely taken a toll on on him um and i don't think a lot of people look at oh well how has this affected the dad um but there's just a lot of like new stuff there that we don't we're just figuring out he's done the best he can to be there for me but sometimes i feel like he'll never really understand and i think that women are i was thinking about this this morning like maybe this is just my experience, but our emotions and things we go through have been ridiculed for so long. Like, oh, they're crazy. Women are crazy. Women are so emotional. And I honestly used to think like that too and, and actually tried to avoid being those things for so long. But now that I'm a mom and I'm going through what I'm going through, I can't avoid it. I have to confront it. And, and now I'm like, we shouldn't be ridiculed. A, we're freaking superheroes for doing what we do. And B, like this shit is very real. And everyone can look at you and say, you know, you got to get this under control. You just think positive. Just it's your mind. And you can feel crazy. And so I did for, for a while with Noah. It was, um, you feel like you, I felt like I had to pretend like I was okay so that I would avoid like any weirdness with him. Does that make sense? And totally. Yeah. yeah. Then you bottle it up and then that creates a, a sort of a separation between you two. Cause I'm essentially lying. It's inauthentic, right? You're not being yeah. authentic right. with what you're feeling. I think for me, like how I was raised, 
and I do not like blame my parents. Like they, they're amazing parents and they did the best they could, but there was like a, like I was talking about before, like a ridicule on like women and their periods and PMS and, um, you know, oh, I have to deal with that. I'm like, you have to deal with that. You poor thing. I'll trade places with you any day, dude. Okay. And I think there's just a lack of acceptance in that area. And I have been my whole life trying to not be that, that like, for me, I, I didn't even feel guilty or have those thoughts of like, well, I wanted this. Like we both wanted to be parents. My thing is like, why can't I rise above what is happening to me like mentally or emotionally? Like, how can I, you know what I mean? Well, you're not supposed to. This is, you know, I don't know if you, you wouldn't know this, but when I was listening to you talk, I literally welled up with tears and I literally got goosebumps on my arms because and I didn't see that coming, but it, you, it was so beautiful listening to you. You were saying that you admitted that you used to just kind of, um, disregard the emotional side of women and maybe not take them so seriously. And the analogy came into my mind of how women started really entering the corporate workforce in the eighties and the clothing style in the eighties, they had women with huge shoulder pads and long neckties and suits because it was like, how can we be more like men? Because the assumption was men are doing it right. And then that transitioned Mm. into everything else. Like, how can we do life right? Be more like a man. Don't express emotion. And you know what's happening for you? This is the definition of growth. This is the basis of wisdom. And this is the wisdom that's going to be the mother who raises your son. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely just went crack, open, close. And here we go. Let, you know, and I, and I have men in my life, obviously, like my dad, my brother, they're, they're amazing, but there is a lot of like, oh, women are so emotional. I can't handle all this emotion, which I remind them every time they say that I go, do you understand that anger is an emotion and you get angry about 50 times a day? (laughs) And, and I have to also deal with your impatience and your anger, but somehow that's like more accepted and more okay than our crying and our um, I don't, I don't vulnerability, humility, all of it, that yeah. it's, it's a perceived weakness when it's a strength. Yes. 100%. And so I, for a long time was trying to hide that and, and Noah didn't know, like I wasn't, I didn't know what was happening like two weeks after I had Nova and I had like the worst anxiety. I didn't want Noah to leave because I was afraid to be with Nova by myself. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle him if he starts crying. Like I needed Noah in a way that I'd never thought I would need him when it came to that. And after two weeks of that, Noah was like, all right, Claude, like you got to get it together. And I remember being like, Oh God, I got to get it together. And then, but you, you really can't get it together but you have to pretend like you have it together so that you don't make that person mad. I mean, there's so much crap. He finally understood me. I had to look at him one day and tell him like, listen, like I've thought about, um, this is going to be very graphic, but I have thought about shooting myself in the head more times than I ever would like to admit. Okay. And I don't want to even admit that to myself. And I'm telling you. And he finally, I think, saw me and like how dark that could be. 
But then the minute that I started acting like I was like happy and okay, then people go, oh, she's fine. It's, it's an interesting, exactly. it's, it's giving you guys, I will be honest. I am learning to be very, very compassionate towards others and their suffering where in the, in the past, I would be like that same mentality of you got this, you, you'll get over it. It's just your mind. And now I'm like, no, I have, I have way more compassion and empathy for people and their suffering. It's insane. You're having a truly transformative experience. You know? yeah. Like yeah. motherhood, becoming a mother is a transformative experience in itself, but the way you are experiencing it, what you are going through, yeah. the, the, the depth of darkness mm-hmm. that you felt mm-hmm. is it's like the becoming a mother on top of going through one of those, what do they call them? Dark nights of the soul or something Dark, like yeah. that. Where, where you like, <laughs> yeah. your whole world just changes and you it is a it is an opening it is a cracking open and an opening mm-hmm. that you see and feel others experiences so differently after you've been through something like that yeah you uh your example of as soon as you start seeming like you're normal again or at least let's say like highly functioning again mm-hmm. people are thinking okay she's good right and that's also too it's you know noah is he's super hands on like he not neither of us have a 9 to 5 so we're both here um doing raising nova together you know so it's very 50-50 but what i found is i i'm still micromanaging you know i still am the one that says um, okay, it's 9.45, time for his bottle, nap at 10. And then, hey, can you feed him lunch? Okay, well, what should we feed him? You know, it's it always goes through the mom filter. <laughs> and that, I'm that like, will not change. I'm like... That will not change. <laughs> Why? I don't understand. Just know, just know. <laughs> and then I just feel like the job is double as opposed to having someone who is helping you with about thinking about half of the things I'm thinking about a hundred percent of the things you're just helping me uh do the action if that makes sense well now I'm managing you that we see this you know it's called the mother load that you have to keep the mental management of everything going on it's yeah yeah I don't want to be that but but at the same time I'm not going to deal with the consequences of if I'm not that person life is very different for let's say in an opposite sex marriage, life is very different for a man whose wife has it all together. He really can rest a little bit more. True. But if we go away for two weeks, you know a part of his brain is going to fire up. They, are, they have such a deep security and assurance subconsciously yes. that we yes. have everything ultimately totally under control and we will get their attention if they miss anything. Yep. And, and, I, and my brother is a single father. He has like raised his son basically by himself since he was, I think, like four months old. Um, for the last like few, six years, I think, has had him most of the time. And that's how I know that a man is capable because my brother is the one that has to think about, did he brush his teeth? Did he eat? Did he take a shower? Um, you got to do, you know, now you got to do your schoolwork. And I watch my brother manage all of this on his own. He, they were just staying with us for a week. And um, so I know that it's possible, but I think Cynthia, you nailed it on the head by saying like, they know 
that we have it under control. And so they do relax. They know, hey, Claude's thinking about it. I don't have to. And we went uh, to Vegas last week. And on the way back, on the way there, I sat in the back basically the whole time. And then I fed Nova his lunch in his car seat. On the way back, I'm always kind of waiting, like, is Noah going to offer? Because I'm sitting in the back. Hey, babe, I'll feed him his lunch. But no. And then I'm like, so you're going to sit in the back and feed him his lunch now, right? And he was like, oh, I really don't want to. And I'm like, but you're okay with me doing all of that again while you sit in the front and relax. Like th that kind of stuff to me, it, 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 I don't know, it's insulting. I've said it this way. If you don't want to do it or if you opt not to do it, by default, that means I must do it. Same. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not sitting. Do you think I want to be in the back feeding him his lunch? Like, like one piece of avocado getting everywhere. Like, I would like to relax and eat my salad in the front, too. And when Noah does acknowledge that, I feel like, okay, you do see me. Because it's not just the stuff that you see out here. It's like you guys were saying, 24-7, like, if we have to go on a trip, like I'm the one making the list of all the things that we have to bring. And I'm the one thinking like, okay, well, we have three hours to like wake up. And Noah's like, oh, we have plenty of time. You're high. Like we have to stop. We have to feed Nova. He's probably going to poop. Then we have to change him. That takes some time. And then we have to like, there's a million things that I feel like men are just like, ah, it's going to be fine. Okay. Well, he has to nap at 10. And then, you know, I feel like I get a little bit of slack from people in general about my schedule with Nova, his sleep schedule. Like, why are you so, like, he has to nap at 10? Well, are you the one that's going to deal with him the rest of the day when he doesn't get his nap at 10 o'clock? Right. Um, but, like, can't you just, like, relax? No, I don't want to relax because if he doesn't go to sleep at 10, I will be more stressed. And, and that's something, too, that I feel I would love for people around, you know, my brother and stuff like that to just understand. Don't question it. It's already hard enough, you know. Um, and also, these are things, like, I don't know and I don't want to chance. Like, there are things that I have learned with, you know, sleep has been a huge trigger for me with baby baby sleep. Um, and then there are some things that like went awry sometimes, like maybe he didn't get the full amount of daytime sleep he needed, but he still slept through the night. And once that happened, I relaxed in that area a little bit or, oh, he can sleep through that amount of noise. Because in the beginning you're like, shh, don't wake him up. And people would be like, Claude, just chill. I'm like, just please stop telling me to chill. Right. There's a reason why mm -hmm. I feel like this. Just let me be. If everyone would stop paying so much attention to like how someone is parenting and what they're doing and just focus on like how they're feeling, how they're feeling, how they're feeling, because everyone wants to feel not only supported, but like seen and appreciated Yes, for what they're doing. Because the big, the, the thing that's so unfair is when one person might say to that mom, like when her partner may say to her, oh, you were made to do this, but you're better at it than I am. It's like, no, don't you dare. Not that I disagree. <laughs> don't, you dare, don't you dare imply this is like as fulfilling to me mm -mm. as mm -mm. the next thing. It, I do this out of love. I do this out of like all the love in me. I do the work I may not feel like doing because I'm so responsible. I'm so loving. I have yes. the heart to do this. 
Yes. But don't don't let's not even pretend that I'm doing this because it is necessarily fun or fulfilling every minute of this. This is very hard anxiety inducing work a lot of the time. Yes. And I am always putting him Nova before me like you'll never see me packing my lunch first or you'll never see me get dressed before I dress him or pack for me before I pack for him like I need to make sure that little dude is taken care of and then I can take care of me which that selflessness too I feel like maybe men aren't as wired and what's funny is before Nova was born I would tell Noah every day you're going to be the best mom and I'm going to be the best dad because he is so nurturing. He likes to take care of people. He likes to help people be there for them. He needs something to love and nurture. But even still, like the amount of work that it takes with a baby emotionally and the patience that it takes, I just, I was wired for that. I didn't even think I had that in me. And once you become a mom, it just awakens. I don't know how else to put it because I never imagined I would ever be that nurturing and this and that, but there it is. It's my responsibility to make sure that he is okay in, in every aspect, emotionally, physically, that he's fed, that he sleeps well, that he feels loved and that he feels safe. Like that's on me. And, and he doesn't know. I know. And, and that, like, I have such a admiration for little babies and little kids more than I ever did. I always loved kids, babies, not so much. I was never around them, but, um, now I just go, oh my God, like I, I could cry about it thinking of the mistreatment sometimes of kids and how they're suppressed. I, I don't like how I was suppressed as a kid. So all of those things, I just look at Nova, I go, man, I don't want to do any of that to you. I want you to feel free and safe. And that's on me. Like, I have to do that for you. No one else is going to do it for you. Like, he doesn't even feel like, I say this to people, like, he's not, he's not mine. You know what I mean? Like, I am the vessel that brought him here. But like, he's so his own little dude that I just, I go, okay. I trust you, dude. Like, go do you. I'm going to keep you safe. But man, I trust you. And I'm not here to like break you and make you into what I want to make you into. I'm here to to guide you into just figuring out who you are. And like that responsibility right there, that that supersedes anything else that's going on in my life. Like for real. I just want darn good parenting right there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Talk about wisdom. Have you heard of... Have you heard of Khalil Gibran, the prophet? Yeah. No. Well, Claude, you just somehow tapped into some enlightenment there. My mother read this one at our wedding. This is the one that my mother read at our wedding. This is one little, um, there's a beautiful one on, uh, on, on marriage. Uh, and it has to do with like the pillars. They can't be too far apart or the structure will crumble. But if they're too close together, so too it will crumble. It's just beautiful. But anyway, oh, look, at this, look at this little phrase about children. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. Oh, I'm a prophet, y'all. You're a prophet. (laughs) You are. Oh my God, that's beautiful. It's weird. Like, I feel like I'm, I I have, I'm really, it's, Nova is, is the easy part, you know? It's easy to be 
wise and to be healthy and to be patient and to be present for him. It's so easy. Now the work is like, how do I do that with me? How do I accept all of that and, and be that gracious to myself? Because the change is so drastic and I, and I was holding on to the old Claude for so long and I was holding on to my relationship with Nova, Noah. I, I'm, I'm like, no, don't go. And I think, not I think, I know that accepting this new me and the new relationship with Noah, even accepting like the hardships, because we're just figuring it out. There's a new a thing that does that requires so much attention from me and from him. And you know, let's not even talk about like hello. I and I felt so much better when I read this about the Epstein Barr virus. It can lower your libido, but for a long time I was like, like I don't can children. Yeah, but like, are you kidding me? I'm not thinking about sex right now. I, I don't even like my, okay, A, I don't like my body. B, I feel crazy in my head. C, I'm freaking exhausted from the day. And I don't, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying like, these are what, this is what's happening. And now I'm supposed to like exert some energy and like get, be sexual with my husband. Oh my God. Like, I just like could not get myself to like fake wanting to do that. And thank God, like Noah was so patient and very understanding about that area. Like he's one of the most understanding people. I think no one will ever really understand the way that we want them to because they don't, they haven't experienced it. So there's just so much around me that's about accepting, like you said this, Trisha, like accepting that men, unless they like have to, like my brother, maybe they they don't think like that they're not detail oriented and i do want to reiterate like instead of fighting it you know resisting ah oh, why is he like that or why can't he think of it like that why can't he think about it the way i think about it but you know i think like my what i'm coming up against in all of this is like acceptance and accepting that he will and may not ever think that way, but that's okay. Maybe this is my responsibility as a woman and as a mom in this lifetime. If you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share a favorite episode or two. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Down to Birth Show or contact us and review show notes at downtoverseshow.com. Please remember this information is made available to you for educational and informational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. For our full disclaimer, visit downtobirthshow.com slash disclaimer. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, hear everyone and listen to yourself. You know what I'm thinking? We should keep interviewing you every six months. <laughs> Watch how it evolves. Because it really is a journey. And you're yeah. going to keep having new perspective, changing. You're going to say, oh, I don't feel that way anymore, but this is what's going on now. Mm -hmm. Would that be fun for you? I, I love talking to you guys. And I love getting <laughs> to like share this with women who understand and also hopefully.